that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Welcome to Love Lighthouse Podcast and this broadcast is for Monday the 10th of October 2022. Welcome to what is called also the first day of Sukkot and although there is this um, preparation phase on the Sunday, this is the first full day and so I'm going to look also towards some of the, the scriptures um, for the actual day that come straight from the Judaic um, line. And I was actually going to read um, the scripture that came up for the recording for Sunday as I was looking at this on Friday actually still recording on Friday and um, beforehand and this is what came up and found a certain journey okay and after these things Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila born in Pontus lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them, and because he was of the same craft, he abode with them, and dropped, for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit, and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads, I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house, named Justus, one that had worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptised. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. Word of the Lord. And thanks be to God for this. What a message. Okay then. Well, I guess that's what is um, being called to occur. But it's talking about tent makers already. And, and here you see, like, it talks about the Jews always wait for a sign. Well, how many more signs? Sign after sign after sign after sign. This was what came to me through literally opening it up. I wasn't looking for it by human structure or um, knowing that this was going to be where I was even going to land and open up in terms of the page or the verse that I would look at. Nothing like that beforehand, all with the Holy Spirit. And so here it's already talking about tent makers. There can't be anything more perfect on the day, actually, 
uh, that we have here set aside for the first day of Sukkot, which is also about, well, tent makers would come in really handy on a day like today, right? Absolutely. As people dwell in their tents, their makeshift and temporary places of abode, even if it's just for times where they're going to be having their meals um, underneath um, the, the sky. Perhaps some people will be doing this, they'll be out until nightfall or beyond nightfall when they can actually see the stars even above their, um, their makeshift ceiling that they may have as well. That is doable if you use different kind of plant matter, apparently. Anyway, so um, it sounds beautiful. It sounds like a really, really great time, um, to be honest with you. And I think it's a lovely way of remembering how it is, right, that it was for them who were led out of Egypt. But the funny, strange thing is that why would people just do this? And this is what I'm getting in the Holy Spirit. Why would people just do this for a few days just to go back to their old ways again? To go back to their worldly ways after seven days? Are you not meant to be walking forward fully in that way they're on after? <sighs> Glory to God. All right, let's look at the top. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When a bullock or a sheep or a goat is brought forth, then it shall be seven days under the dam. And from the eighth day and thenceforth it shall be accepted for an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And whether it be cow or you, you shall not kill it and are young both in one day. And when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. On the same day it shall be eaten up. Ye shall leave none of it until the morrow. I am the Lord. Therefore shall ye keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. Neither shall ye profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord which hallow you, that brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. The word of the Lord and thanks be to God. Now, when we think back to all this, this time where, you know, some of these... I want to see, like, you know, <sighs> false shepherds, shepherds who are kind of leading the flock astray and literally just saying, well, you can just turn up or make it out, you can just turn up in Yom Kippur every year and then do your Kul Nidra and break every vow. So when you're saying these or you're reading this, you're not actually vowing to God to actually carry it out. Well, what is the actual point of anything? What is even the point of you turning up to Yom Kippur or even Sukkot if it means nothing to you in the first place? Mm. It's a very strange thing. It sounds very, very... misconstrued. Very, very... Overly complex, strange, lost, odd. Anyway, 
Um, it's not to say that everyone who is coming from that line or that lineage will be lost in that way. Some people understand it and some will not. Now, obviously it's different for those that have Christ because there is, there is a grace, as I will say, there's a grace to move forward and not to be putting rituals over and above that of actual love for God, love um, for your community and your world, and then walking through out of faith and through communion with the Holy Spirit as to what you're do, to do day in, day out. And perhaps the Holy Spirit may guide you to do different things depending on your role such as this, such as the Feast of Tabernacles, perhaps because you're invited to be involved in something that will help and minister to other people that are involved in these things that need more shepherding or something like that. Um, but it is about walking forward like they did from whence they were taken out of Egypt. When they were taken out of that situation, taken out of the bonds of slavery, the bonds to putting the worldly things first, we're taken out of that. But what is the point of just doing that as a ritual for those so many days and then going back to being bound again? It makes no sense. And you can see that nobody ever really breaks free of that. They might be observing it, they might be talking about it, they might be um, learning about it, but they're not really living it with the Holy Spirit from their heart. And here, what I got uh, for this day for people listening in was also you know it was number two but if you look at number two in chapter 19 of acts 19 it says here and it came this is number one first and it came to pass that while apollos was at corinth paul having passed through the upper coasts came to ephesus and finding certain disciples he said unto them have ye received the holy ghost since ye believed and they said unto him we have not so much as heard whether there be any holy ghost And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptised? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptised with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is in Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul say, had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied, and all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Okay. So, you know, when people are being baptised by the fleshly manners of the world, you know, this physical baptism, not the spirit of Jesus Christ, but a physical baptism, like needing to do physical things, even the laying on of hands at Paul, none of that is required. They were baptised in the name of, of Jesus Christ by the spirit. Um, When he laid his hands on them, it was said that the Holy Spirit came through as well, but that's not even required. The Holy Spirit is the baptizer, And that's why those that are so-called baptised by... Um, physical means don't have the Holy Spirit. It's just a physical thing. 
It's just that they're trying to believe, but they don't actually really believe. And it's the same thing for these people that just observe something like this for 10 days or a few days and then go back to their old ways. It's because they're not actually fully baptized by the Holy Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have God and they're not walking with God. They're messed up. They are totally lost. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, Okay. Okay, so it's all the way to So let me continue reading to 44, which ends in, As Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. So let's go back to this because it's going to talk about how this is instituted, how it first came about. And remember that a lot of these people that are going to be doing this have literally got an old-fashioned baptism. They don't have the Holy Spirit. Okay. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, and holy convocation ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. In the fourteenth day of the first month, at even is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifth day, fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have an holy convocation, ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is in holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest, harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheaf and he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord, and the meat offering thereof shall be two tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil 
an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savour, and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of an hin. And ye shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute for ever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf to the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer your meat offering unto the Lord. Ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baking with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. And ye shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year, and one young bullock and two rams. They shall be for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And their meat offering and their drink offerings, even an offering made by fire of sweet savour unto the Lord. Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats for a sin offering and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before the Lord. With the two lambs, they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. And you shall proclaim the selfsame day that it may be an holy convocation unto you. You shall do no servile work therein. It shall be a statute for ever, in all your dwellings throughout your generations. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field. When thou reapest, neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of this seventh month there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be an holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And ye shall do no work in the same in that same day, for it is a day of atonement to make an atonement for you before the Lord your God. For whatsoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. And whatsoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, the same soul, soul will I destroy from among his people. Ye shall do no manner of work, it shall be a statute for ever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and you shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at even. From even unto even shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. And the first day shall be in holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. Seven days ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. 
On the eighth day shall be an holy convocation unto you, and ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and ye shall do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything upon this day. Beside the Sabbaths of the Lord, and beside your gifts, and beside all your vows, and beside all your freewill offerings, which ye give unto the Lord, also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. The first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And ye shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute for ever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. Okay. Goodness gracious. And I'm wanting to go to the New Testament. I feel um, we'll need to do that as well just to, to balance things out. But I'm not going to go at this point to there just yet. We're going to move on to Zechariah. This is the, the final um, piece of scripture for Monday through the um, Judaic system. Hmm. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 1 to 21 Behold the day of the Lord cometh and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city shall be taken and the houses rifled and mm, I don't like to say this mm. I'm going to start again just know when I'm saying this, I am, this is just, this is only from the, this is from the scriptures and we are not um, meant to take all this, uh, especially the old scripture, to just be the way that it's to be kind of thing. Um, because obviously, and perhaps this is why I was feeling cold just before all this, right? You'll know why. I was feeling called very strongly. We've got to go to the New Testament, haven't we? And I said, I won't read it now until later. But I just want to draw your attention to how strongly that came across there before I even read this. And that's why. So bear with me until the end. For sure. 
Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach into Azal. Yea, ye shall flee, like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day. It shall be t- known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that in evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea in summer and in winter shall it be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day. Shall there be one Lord and his name one. All the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem, and it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate unto the place of the first gate, unto the corner gate, and from the tower of Hananiel unto the king's wine presses. And men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited, and this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbour, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbour, and Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem. And the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. And so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, and of the ass, and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which cut came against Jerusalem, shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles.
In that day shall there be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord, and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Ye every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts, and all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and see it therein. And in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Glory to God. Yes. Oh my goodness. And that means no more people of Canaanite marriage. Yes. No more enemies that cannot Canaanites. Glory to God. Mary and Joseph. In Jesus Christ. Yes. Anyway, that's good. But, um, yeah. So there we go. Well, that was, that was good by the end. Okay, so... So, very important to look at Jesus Christ uh, and what is said thereafter in the New Testament, um, more so about the different these days so let me see if we can go beyond okay okay not too much apart from beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the higher seats in the synagogues and in the chief rooms at feasts there's nothing really apart from these um are spots on your feast of charity when they feast with you feeding themselves without fear clouds they are without water carried about of the winds cheese is fruit wherewith without fruit twice dead plucked up by the root okay um Okay. Uh, right. This is a good one. 
So it does talk about the the different feast days here in Leviticus obviously as we've heard, but then Corinthians Okay. Oh, this is important. So instead of it just being about the ritual itself or about the actual feasts or about the outward things, um, it should really be about God. In other words, having the Holy Spirit. It should be genuine. And it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So the main thing is not about whether you you keep these different feasts and solemn days um, and traditions, but it's about the weight being given to the Holy Spirit and God and that unless you really have that and when you do have that you're genuinely then being called by the actual Holy Spirit not by man not by people but actually by the Holy Spirit to take part in this then when it's genuinely the Spirit authentically you know that it's the Holy Spirit of Christ that is informing you to do so then you do it, but you put all the emphasis on the spirit and not all the, the formal aspects of the actual ritual itself is becoming first. So it's just the way of priority being given to the spirit over and above everything. That's the most important thing of all of this. Um, and it is, of course, the grace of Christ that gives us the ability to, to do that um, instead of getting caught up in just the actual actions of the day or, you know, how many times you turn around or do this or do that or what you can put on, what you can't put on and how many times you wave this or that. It's not about that. It's about God first. And so if you're putting God first and you miss out something as a result of that, that's okay. That's the grace of Christ. Okay. That's it. That's that's what I have for that. And it's the same as this. It's like when I was reading certain things, if I read it a certain way or not, it's like that's not what the point is. The point is the Holy Spirit. For example, perhaps if something were read a certain way that's not normal or usual for me, but it was read that way, at the same time with me being so much more aligned to the Holy Spirit so it's like almost like my mind's wandering off in the Holy Spirit for something else and then so I'm saying something a little bit differently as a result I'm not putting all the emphasis on the flesh in other words but I'm putting all the emphasis on the spirit more so and therefore that happens as a result good all the better oh it's good today I actually went on to YouTube and I saw this post from some guys and they were pictured there in like a kind of bathroom one guy was pictured in the bathroom and he was like wearing a mask sort of like underneath 
his um like kind of like his chin but it, I think it was a black mask then everything else thereafter was like grey or white mostly that he was wearing uh yeah and his white socks are like right up like almost to his like um shorts his grey shorts that he'd done on right anyway so it looked like him in a shower room and then the next picture was like him with like his other friends and some of them had masks on as well but there was the three of them and they were all wearing different things but the focus was now a little bit more black so there was like this really interesting pattern um and then by the end it was just one guy outside And in that outside picture, he was wearing almost all black. Looks looked really smart. But just some through ex- few extra colours thrown in there. And um, that was it. Mm. Okay. So anyway, it looked really good. It looked really healthy. It looked really smart. Pretty good. But their caption was, Coach the Holy Ghost. Just listening back to this and got to kind of like correct this. It was actually their caption specifically wasn't Holy Ghost, but obviously like I'm reading it, I'm like thinking that way because that's what I think when I think of ghost. So th- again, the next section is going to go on about it. it depends what they actually meant. No, very specifically, just a correction here. There was in text form, Coach da Ghost. I'm like, mm-mm. All right. <clears throat> so it's never that way. It's never the creation that teaches the creator. But we can still learn from each other, the creation, us. We can still see how God, or even the devil, has worked through, whoever, like, has worked through different members of creation, of God's creation. Overall, it's God's creation, right? Even the devil is. So, we can see how the creator has worked on the creation, and despite whoever they listen to most, the overall creator, or obviously the devil, one of the the creations, like what's like winning through in their life overall, we can still learn from all of these aspects. Absolutely. But none of us can teach the Holy Ghost. That is really like presumptuous. And like, that is like the devil, actually. That is like, no, I'm going to, like, teach you kind of thing. I'm going to teach you God. I'm going to teach your Jesus Christ. It's like, no. It doesn't work that way. Um, To that extent, like, where you're going to be in charge. No, God is in charge overall. That's how it works. Yeah, I suppose we can still learn some things, as I say, from creation. Even that creation is the devil or those of the devil. You can still learn some things. We're not going to be, like, teaching overall. You're definitely not going to be teaching the Holy Ghost. No. Oh, my goodness. The Holy Ghost is God incarnate. You cannot do that. Now, of course, in these situations, they can be talking about... They might have the ghost mixed up. They might be referring to actually people who look like ghosts, right? Or they might be referring to a particular type of spirit. Mm-hmm. So we can actually 
instruct those of us that have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, absolutely, we can instruct certain other spirits or certain other ghosts. So just again, depends what they're really referring to, doesn't it? So I better, maybe you should ask that question, what are you referring to? One, two or three. A person, because they look like maybe like a ghost or like any other type of spirit or you actually look referring to the Holy Ghost, right? Maybe it's best to clear that one up. But yeah, we can actually, if it was to be that that we're talking about, we can actually instruct spirit of the demon, the spirit of the devil. Yeah, we can do that. Mm Mm-hmm. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And that's from John chapter 14, verse 26. And it's a message from Jesus. It's Jesus speaking before he goes to God. This is before the ascension. It goes back to this part here, which is really important. And it's about those that are of Christ, those that are of God. And then, of course, you know, there will be ones that deny there are traitors out there. And, you know, as Paul says, let them be anathema. John fourteen twenty three. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's all the words of Jesus prior to ascension. So it's the Holy Spirit that teaches, although we can instruct demonic spirits that is true okay so this part of the recording is at 9.15pm at night Still got my little bit of cold. Remember, I never get colds or anything like that in here. I finally got one, and it just happens to be the Feast of Tabernacles during that time. But thanks be to God, I've got the grace of God that God has fulfilled all the different sacrifices and things through Jesus Christ being the ultimate sacrifice. So, But I'm not looking at it as a sacrifice. I'm looking at it as doing this out of love and out of honour and respect for our forefathers, for my papa, my grandfather, who was out in tents in Egypt. And the leading out of and the coming out of Egypt. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's um, it's a great opportunity, you know, to do this. I did say to my friend the other night there that um, it's like I know I've got the grace that I don't have to stress about this, you know. But at the same time, like I know if I do this, let me just read what I said to him. What did I say? 
I was like, you just help facilitate my grace and not having to stress about tabernacling any other way. I got a big C at the end, but I didn't take it out. Just kept that in. <clears throat> Tricky leading sometimes, isn't it? Although I have grace, I know something good will come out of going beyond my comfort levels and satisfying this feast too. And so that is it. It's not like, it's not coming to mind because I've got the grace. It's not all the different like ritualistic rules, obligations to such a perfect extent aren't coming to mind. Like there's this great grace in this sovereign ability that, you know, we're not to look back and because I took that seriously because my lineage has taken it seriously. Therefore, the ritualistic aspect is not ingrained anymore. But what is ingrained is God and the grace. You see, it's more so what's ingrained and that's what God always intended. This is the entire situation of leading people out of Egypt. Egypt, I want to say in inverted commas, in other words, it means leading people even out of the slavery, the bonds to even the ritualistic manners of doing things, almost like an OCD. You know, we've got to get everything right, but there's no love behind it. And it reminds me of that, what it says, but if I do not have, you know, love, then I have nothing. It comes from St. Paul. That's what came up for today. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's basically talking about, you know, I could do anything. I could pretty much do anything. I could give in so many different ways and sacrifice in so many different ways and doing all these different things. But if I have love, I have nothing. If I, sorry, if I don't have love, I have nothing. Um, you know, it comes from one Corinthians 13 right onwards if you go and you have a look at it you'll get it you'll know where I'm coming from with it all yeah so God is love unless you have God you've got nothing but when you've got God you've got love you've got everything anyway you've you've got the ultimate right so that's where the Holy Spirit is of Christ Christ has fulfilled everything therefore you don't need to do all these ritualistic things it's not that that's important it's God when we've got that it's all fulfilled it could go round in circles with this, but it means the same thing and it all ties up nicely. And I have the Holy Spirit of God. I've got that grace. I don't have to do this. But when I do it and I do it out of love, it's coming from the right place, right? And it's not focused on the rituals, but it's focused on bit by bit at a time from love, what I can do, what I'm capable of doing and what's right, uniquely so, by God for me as an individual. So... <coughs> <coughs> being a leader in this way it meant that <clears throat> it was getting to night time already again but everything works out for the greater good right but it's getting to night time already and I don't know how but we ended up having this family blowout we ended up having like you know this yap about everything and something had come up that you wouldn't want to be talking about like it's like you know how sometimes it always talks about decreeing, declare things and what you see in God is happening. But there's also what has happened and the reality of some situations which might be negative from the past as well. And they, they still exist. Whether or not we want them to exist, they still exist. Now our perceptions may change about them. So the way that we talk about them, the way that we understand them may change. But they are still, it's still a reality. We can't change the reality. We can change our perceptions about them, but we can't actually change reality you know what I mean you have to be truthful you have to be honest and so something that came up about what had happened to me in the past 
somebody had somebody did something to me right i'm not going to talk about it on here some of you might know what i'm talking about if you know somebody did something to me obviously someone that's connected to them connected to me might not want to hear that might not want to believe that's true and so for them they think that they can just make it an untruth because on that side of the family family there's lying on my side of the family there there, for me there isn't i can't lie i can't i just it is the reality and it cannot be changed i have to tell the truth now yeah i mean i could sacrifice all i want about myself and sacrifice say oh it didn't happen or whatever and don't get me wrong like i have treated that person as if it didn't happen because that's how much mercy and love that i give and perhaps that might be what leads to some people's or that person's unbelief as well like how could you be around that person how could you speak to them nicely if they did that to you in other words like you know but i've joined my lines now i learn you know i'm colder and colder as i i learn to love and respect myself more i'm learning to be colder to that person that did that to me and it's it's not that i can't forgive them like if they genuinely said to me sorry and like tried to reconcile you know you don't know you never know what's possible right but they did that to me and it is the truth and we can't change that so you know I realized that in order to love God I have to really honor and respect myself and so I said listen you need to apologize to me for saying that and I actually saw a prophecy of what could actually happen to that person as well and I was like this could happen to you and like if you say this someone might say to you well that didn't happen you know, it could be a lot worse and they, and they might now say that to you. I said, I didn't deserve that because I've never once ever in my life have I ever said to someone who's told me something that's happened to them, even close to that nature, which I have heard someone tell me actually before, something like that, right? And there's no way that I would ever say to them, you're lying. I took it very seriously. In fact, I ended up going further and like, you know, divulging it because I was that concerned for them. I was a a lot younger at the time as well, though, mind you. But it was obviously very concerning. And I did have to speak up about it Um, because of that. But um, because we were children at the time, you know, I had to speak up for the person. Um. And yeah, that was a lot put, being put on my shoulders as well. A lot younger than the person um, that's having to hear about this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, perhaps even look more serious, just more look horrible, you know. Um, but there's no way that I was going to disbelieve them now. No way. Now, that is just that. Like, I don't know. Why would anyone say that? Like, nobody, you know what I mean? It's, it's embarrassing for them. I mean, it's not their fault when it happens to them. But it's embarrassing for them, right? Like, why would anyone do that? It's a horrible thing to have to say. So, (coughs) maybe some people have lied about this. I don't know. But when someone told me about it before, there's no way that I would just disbelieve them. I just thought it was was awful that, you know, and I, I did. I believed them. And I took it seriously. And I cared about them. And I did what I could because I cared. Um, Yeah, I would never say that to anyone that, that told me about something like that. Uh, I don't I don't think people would tend to lie about something like that but again you never know but certainly the experiences that I you know I've had when people have told me you know divulge something like you know I've I've believed them I think it's only happened like usually one other person maybe yeah anyway and I still don't have any doubt 
you know, I still wouldn't say anything like, oh, I doubt that or whatever to them. No way. No way. <clears throat> that'd be crazy. That'd be an awful thing. But I can understand in some ways, like, if it's hurtful to the person that's hearing it because they have maybe a connection. Like, I didn't have any connection. Do you know what I mean? To the person that was divulging it to me or to the person that they were saying did this to them. So I can kind of understand from that perspective how it can be so difficult for someone that might be connected to the other person because they don't want to believe it, even though it's true. They don't want to maybe believe it. But I don't think I would do anything or do that still, but you just don't know (coughs) how you would feel. But um, luckily, as I say, I wasn't connected to either person. So I could deal with it seriously and um, without having any, like, personal, um, you know, emotions to it. But anyway, speaking about this, getting back to, to all this, yeah, so that's what happened. So I had a bit of a family, like, woof, and all that. And then I thought, oh, my gosh. And I read something online that was, like, don't let them bring you down to their level. And that was just something from YouTube. And I thought, no, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this Sukkot thing. I'm going to do this sukkah thing, this tabernacles thing, to the best of my ability. Someone's got excellent. Oh my gosh. Someone's got this like excellent. um... Just like really good lights on. Like they came towards me and it's like they had like two sets of lights. Do you know what I mean? Like not just the one set. It's like two sets on and top of the other symmetrical aligned very interesting anyway back to this so I thought I'm not, I'm not gonna let that bring me down I started like I started opening their presents that I got them I already started like getting pregnant what am I like or do you know what I mean like they're being like really rude to me and I'm like going all hell for leather I never used to do things like that. I used to like be so full of mercy to the point of like not martyrdom in that way but martyrdom in a like you know in a in a spiritual way and like maybe an emotional way or whatever like you know to that level like oh you know letting this person say whatever and I'd still be like oh I love you very much this time this year I'm like I'm opening your presents and I'm having them for myself right now I'm actually sitting up here with some of their presents on me and we're just like the starter kit stuffer you know what I mean for the stockings and things, so don't get too excited, folks. Don't get like over the top or anything like that. Three guys walking um like towards me now, and after <clears throat> I've just been thinking and talking about some serious issues regarding a man or a man. Not good. <laughs> don't come any of the near me, boy. <laughs> Tell you that. Stay right away from me. I'm going for later. Anyway, yeah. As you can tell, that's perhaps changed my look way of dealing with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Can you see that, the way that I react? So I'm like, now. So maybe that is, like, something within my demeanour. Like, I would not be, like, thinking that way, though. Had I not been, like, talking about that or thinking about that before? You know what I mean? What I said to happen to me. But because that and because they're, like, walking up, like, looking all dark, wearing hoodies and coming across this way, I'm like, oh, my God. I never get like that. But it is, it's just because it's in my psyche about speaking about this recently. Got all love to them and respect, but perhaps there's something subconscious that's going on as well about that. Like, I do not want anyone to mistreat me like that ever again. So I'm, like, kind of closed off, do you know what I mean? And I probably give that air of that out to a certain extent. Um, 
but yeah that that will be to do with what's happened like I do not want anything like that happening to me ever again like put God first to put myself first to have respect and I don't think anyone in life can really have a proper relationship a respectful one one that they truly deserve without first at least having God as their like number one no one can I know there's folk that are called just to have God to them to themselves and that be who their main priority is and like not another partner for the rest of their life like I know there's people called to that and I was listening to something you know that Kanye was saying about oh you know some people are like indoctrinating about this no it's like that is in the scriptures not only is it in the Holy Spirit it's in the scriptures and confirmed in the scriptures some people are just made to be like that it's got nothing to do with your ex I didn't even know who your ex was until like last year or maybe this year I think it was probably last year I think it was last year (coughs) seriously I didn't even know who I'd heard people talking about Kardashians but I didn't know who they were I honestly didn't know so but hi there if you ever get to hear this much love um but I didn't know because I'm like obviously I'm focused in what I need to be doing but he was like going on as if it's like only her idea and I'm like no I've been chasing celibate you know for years now by like my calling you know what I mean and I'm like but the thing is she says she'll be single for life see I'm not single like I'm married to God I'm single by human circumstances I'm not with another like person in uh, a marriage like in physical form I'm married to God so yeah I'm single in one way but I wouldn't just describe it as that I wouldn't say I'm gonna be single forever like but that is up to her to say that and that's her perception of it but it's nothing to do with her this is something like as I say I didn't even know who they were before so he can't make out that somehow this is indoctrination of everyone or something like that maybe she genuinely is just starting to begin to feel that way you know maybe not I don't think so though because to me, it's not so much looking to God as when you say you're single, it's more about humans. You're thinking more about I'm being single as in I'm not going to be with, like, you're thinking about singlehood or marriage as only being with regards to humans. And I remember, like, I dropped the guard for, like, a few seconds. Remember what I was talking about when someone, like, saw me, like, on the beach and was like, are you married? And I'm like, no. And then they said, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I said that. I was like, no, wait, wait. Yeah, I'm married to God, but, yeah, not so both are true I am married and I'm not married right in a way because but in different ways I am married to God but I'm not married to a human in that way right so both are kind of true in a way but on different levels I can't entirely say I'm not married because I am married to God right um (coughs) but I can't say I'm married in human form because I'm not, right? So hopefully that makes makes sense. And that's only because ultimately the person um, who I thought I was in like a, almost like a kind of Mary Joseph situation where you have your vows to God. My vows were to God and them, but they didn't have the intention of being faithful. And so they didn't recognize us as being married. I recognize that we had like a partnership like that, but they weren't recognizing that and, um, I don't know if that's because they wanted to push me into like physical marriage or because they just wanted to really just literally take advantage of me and get out of it. I don't know. I think it might be the latter because they've been really like abusive to other folk as well and just kind of like use them as if they're nothing. So, well, folk are stupid. 
I don't want to say that everyone's stupid. Some people are genuinely, like, caring and they think the best. But <clears throat> someone's got a child that's kind of, like, a bit obvious. It becomes a bit obvious, do you know what I mean? And, you know, especially when that's, like, you know, they didn't recognise or they seen, you know, they didn't recognise. It's like, well, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Hanging around the child. Like, why? Like, where did the child, like, come from outer space or something? Like, what? I mean, weird. I think we need to set up like a charity as well, like stop that from happening. Um, like it because there could be people that are trying to steal children, like men that are just trying to like rape or use women or abuse them or like impregnate them and then make out, oh well, you know, we never had like any agreement and then run off. Do you know what I mean? But try to take your family name by having like a connection with the child and you forever and then or perhaps like trying to like steal your child so there needs to be like something set up to protect women and children from bastards like that and there should be consequences towards these people for sure that's something that will be happening under my reign but it'll be under future it'll be like all throughout um forever it's going to be prevented and there'll be consequences, large consequences. I mean, there's consequences anyway, natural consequences. You have to make like a law of it for there to be consequences. God sorts people out and things happen. <clears throat> that is just the way that it can be. Oh, yes. Anyway. Back to this. So I'm here, I'm having this and I just want to say... Yeah, like, sometimes we're going to be called to be leaders. I just had, like, this person with, like, an interesting number plate coming along. <coughs> that said something. Do you know what I'm going to... got my way to do what I think. Right, and I don't always just, like, go on what a number plate says. By the way, just so you know. I mean, a wee bit of a feeling about this one. Now, let me, let me head on with this. Right, I'm going to get back on with this. 
so so I do not have to look down everything completely ritualistically.
um, I'm glad that I stuck with it. And these are the breakthroughs that you have. It's like when you've got God on your side, it's like, yeah, okay, there can be things that can help us perhaps deal with these like things before. They become like family, like, yeah, 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 yaps or whatever you want to call it. Like, oh my gosh. so far but I can take it that far and I can take it as far as I want because I've got the grace so be careful right um, and then I'm going to have to be the one that's going to be certainly knowing how to take it up when to and how to so thank god I've been able to do that tonight and I've remembered I do not have to eat every single, absolutely every single thing I take out with me, otherwise I'd be like, oh my goodness. I almost was, folks. I was almost like, oh my goodness. Now it's just me on my own, so I'm trying to do the big girl thing, like big woman thing. Like, be the leader, do the right thing. And I'm left with eating everything. I'm like, oh my gosh. Let's check it out. What's... What does it say? Days of Sukkot. Do you have to eat everything? Do rules eat all food by midnight, perhaps? Can you hear Sky barking from here? Eating in the sukkah. Can you eat during what are the grills? I don't know if it says. Um, oh. Oh, sugar shops. It goes on as far as it, stuff must be eaten in the sukkah. Like, yeah. It's not just. Oh my goodness. It is. Mm. Oh my gosh, my apple. See. Thankfully, I do have the grace, but if I didn't have the grace, oh my gosh, there's loads. I might have to come out here later. There. That's how I can observe it. In love. By coming back out later. Ooh, there you go. Still observe it.
if you get to hear this later on, you'll find out. I'm on my podcast. Okay. Snaps up. Let's see. Hi. And I've got this recording by the way. Love you so much. Okay. Okay. I'll speak to you in a minute. I'm just gonna pop this recording. Love you. Okay. Um, yeah, so I ended up going down the beach and trying to, to do that. So I like waited for a little while and I had some of the bread, but I couldn't eat it all because I put some like in for you as well and honey. I couldn't manage to eat it all. I was like, oh no, I have to eat all of this. But I can still do it and like come back there and like do the rest later. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so that's what happened. Went in there and did that. Did a little bit of my recording, my broadcast, and then come back. What do you think? Did you just go, where did you go? Walk with Sky just round about? Oh, good. Did you get anything? Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, thank you for apologising. Everything that I said is true. I know it's it's difficult to take it on, but it is true. And I'll think differently about it in time when it goes on. It's not the same as it would happen to someone else. Because I'm not going to mention who it is right now. But obviously it's not the same as it happening to someone else with someone they don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's not like that. But it's still kind of not great. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I'll think about it differently as time goes on. Like I'll have a different perspective of it. Do you know what I mean? But it still did happen. And yeah, I need to, I need to be respectful of myself and, and the fact it did happen. But, yeah, thank you for apologising. It's not your fault that it happened, but obviously the fact it did, you know what I mean? For someone to like, turn around and be like, oh, no, that didn't. And like, it did. So, thank you. But, yeah. Love you. I'll speak to you soon. I see my hair in this. My friend Kevin looks at me like, oh my gosh. Your makeup on, totally like, um, a little bit like, funny hairdo. And a total cold, cold face as well. Like, I just, hopefully didn't like, <laughs> see the entire of this. doesn't matter. So what it's all about. It's about deeper than that, isn't it? But yeah, it's one of those um, days and nights. Obviously, like, I've really been... That cold has been something else. Because I'm not used to getting... It's been so long since I've had them. And one of the things I thought of was... If I take myself out in the cold anyway... It'll just like... Speed up the process of a cold. That's what my... That's what my experience is. Is that if you go for it... It usually... Like out in the fresh air that is, I mean. It usually like... Just speeds up the process, I think. Yeah. A bit more intense, but usually speeds up. 
clears out your system, does what it needs to do, that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Fast. I would rather prefer that than it being drawn out, if you know what I mean. Plus fresh air is always good for you. So that was the thought process behind all that the night before. much love everyone how you're going about doing this and may the grace of Christ with you those that are doing this that have the Holy Spirit that are trying to believe or you know may you be able to do this with the grace of Christ as well if you are going ahead and doing it and if you know what you're doing you know how to do it then don't worry okay just ask well pray ask God for mercy and for wisdom, for information on how you should proceed forward and you'll get it. That's it. That is our, well, I'd say second day here because I thought it was supposed to start like yesterday. You know what I mean? On Sunday, but apparently it started on Saturday. And it ends on the 16th in Israel, but it said then the 17th, which is the Monday, everywhere outside of Israel so I'm like oh my gosh what what's going on what's going on mm-hmm. thank goodness for the grace of Christ eh so here we have it yeah just reading over the um the different guides there about Sukkah and I'm like yeah <laughs> absolutely um thanks to the grace of Christ and because you know in dealing with people with all different levels even when we're supposed to keep high up and someone brings us into something because ultimately <clears throat> before the grace of Christ people were actually instructed <laughs> we were actually instructed and people still go through this where they're instructed to be completely joyful the entire time. So, even if somebody was around you, there might have been a goim. Is it a go- Is it goish? <clears throat> somebody that didn't understand, or folk that didn't understand, you cannot, I don't mean, you wouldn't be allowed to get into, like, an argument or get annoyed or whatever. Because you're actually, is it a command Sorry, but there'd be so many sacrifices because <laughs> we look impossible because people are all different levels but um, of understanding, intellect, good to religious faith, comprehension, Holy Spirit level, uh, you know what I mean? Roles within the faith, all that. People that don't believe, people that do. So imagine what it'd be like. But yeah, you're commanded, be really happy. Rejoice! That is a command to do with this this feast date that you shall re- you shall rejoice. Um, let's see, let's see, you shall rejoice. And then Sukkot, and we'll see what comes up. Oh, wait, KGV, not KNV. Proclaim the holy convocations even as their tents. Where does it say? Where's the bit where it says? 
okay, it's not giving me the excited bit. Ah, here we go. <coughs> right towards the end. And ye shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees and willows of the brook. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I am, that I made the children of Israel, Israel to dwell in booths. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. And so that is what we have read before. This is from Leviticus 23. As you can see, it's an actual commandment that you will rejoice. You will. So, yes, I suppose even that is... If you didn't... I mean, if you realised it, you really, really understood it from your heart then it would be a sin not to be rejoicing. Mm -hmm. So we need the grace of God. Because there's so many commandments, there's so many that it would be impossible to cover them all with all these different sacrifices year in, year out. Okay? But when we do these different things out of love, not just sacrifice, it is a growing together with God. That's it. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Two Corinthians chapter four, verse fifteen.